Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. We made it to the end of week 22, people. I know a lot of sites say 21. This is actually the 22nd week of basketball action. There are, count them out with me, folks, three weeks left and a weekend in this NBA season. We are very much at the tail end now. I hope you guys are hanging in there. I hope your roto teams are still chugging along. I hope your head-to-head teams haven't been eliminated yet. But it's go time. And today we have a little bit of a different format for you. Uh, no brew today. He's under the weather and just getting... <laughs> it's funny, I, I went through this and I've told this story on shows a number of times, but I, I still think it's one of the funnier ones. It, you guys probably remember our good friend Brandon Marcus who uh, used to be on the show on Wednesdays when he was working a night job um, that was known as Brandon Day here on Fantasy NBA Today. And and uh, Brandon couldn't believe it that this was, so this was 2019, I believe. My first child at that point was two and change, and we had just started him in preschool. He didn't do daycare before that. And he got exposed to all the bugs at all of the same time. And so I got sick. He got sick every 10 days. He got a cold. He got better in seven days. He got another cold four days after that. Basically, it was like 11 days in between. And I caught every one of them. I didn't dodge one of those sicknesses. And, you know, some of that's because I'm the work-at-home parent. So I'm, like, in there with the germs. But it would appear that I hadn't been exposed to any of that stuff, at least in a very long time. And I... You know, I did all these shows with Brandon, and every Wednesday he'd come on, and he'd say, Hey, Dan, how you doing? And I'd go, uh, bad. And he'd go, I think you're dying. I'm like, nah, I'm, I, I think I'm dying too. But also, my kid just started preschool. And now Brew's going through that. And for a couple of years, I was like, Brew, you got to get him into preschool. You just got to get this thing out of the way. You're going to get sick every week. And he was like, okay, I'm, like ready, I'm ready for it. You're never really fully ready for it because you're just – straight sick you got the crud for like four straight months and then you settle in and you're in the normal like i'm sick once every six to seven weeks kind of thing with kids which woo, i know it sounds great to all you folks that are not with youths but uh that's where brew's at right now we'll get him back as soon as he's through the crud in the meantime We've got a lot of stuff to go over today. We've got a weekend review uh, series of decisions to make, a lot of injury replacement stuff to talk about. We will, of course, discuss long streaming Friday through the wee- end of the weekend and then also into the beginning of next week. Although, as you may recall, on yesterday's pod, we talked at some length about how the beginning of next week is actually a terrible time to try to long stream. It's a very difficult window to front load your roster, so... We're going to have to get a little nuance with this stuff, but we're going to do that right now. And welcome to the show. Again, Fantasy NBA Today, live every day these days. Fantasy NBA Today is live every day on YouTube, recorded editions, iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. You can get this show uh, pretty much any place. I hope you will join us on the, the live edition at some point here because we're having a blast over there. And you get visual aids with the discussion points. That's at YouTube.com slash Sports ethos to those that are hanging out with us live right now. Hello. Hello. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube page. And also find me on Twitter. That goes for everybody at Dan Bespris, D A N B E S B R I S. 
Dan Bespris on Twitter. Sportsethos.com is the website, Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Check out the Fantasy Pass right now for $5.99. It's so little. Come on, you guys can spend $5.99 on a Fantasy Pass. You get the last premium membership uh, our last month of the NBA season, the premium stuff, you can get hang out in Discord and bug all of our pros 24-7. It also comes with our very first ever baseball draft guide and baseball in-season content. Grab a fantasy pass, and by the way, if you get one now, there's no monthly lock on it. And if you hold it through the basketball offseason, you get the Brewski 150 five days before everybody else next basketball draft season, and you dodge the basketball monthly lock. There are a ton of reasons to get it early. Basically, you can end up getting two draft guides and the B150 plus five promo. Uh, plus, you also lock in the price. So if the price of these things ever changes, you keep the old price by signing up today. Again, that's at sportsethos.com. All right, let's get into the weekend review stuff on the show. We'll always start with the ads. The uh, YouTubers, you can see them on your screen for everybody else. I will read them as we go through them. And what I've done this time, I've separated the ads into uh, injury play ads and re- or and rest of season ads. I think that's been a point of some confusion on these shows. Uh, but notably here, we're at a time in the year where rest of season ad doesn't mean very much. So there are very few of those and much more in the injury replacement bucket. So the rest of season ad right now is Jalen Durant. That's it. It's the only name in it. Duran was incredible yesterday. He and James Wiseman actually shared the floor for about seven or eight minutes during yesterday's Pistons loss. Eugene Omarui, who has been picking up a pretty good chunk of power forward minutes. He got in some foul trouble in the third quarter, and so the Pistons was like, all right, screw it, let's go big. And, I mean, Duran is just a behemoth. I know he struggled at the free throw line in, in last night's ball game, but 15 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, three steals in his 27 minutes. He is, just from a strength and athleticism standpoint, he's just a different monster than a lot of the guys out there. I tweeted something along these lines, but if you have a chance to watch Duran at any point between now and the end of the regular season, I would recommend you do it because he has a strength factor combined with the ability to leap out of the gym. Those two things together are not a super rare combination at the NBA level because these guys are all just unbelievable freak athletes. But there's like you can see when someone is just a, a little tick above and Duran is a little tick above. And the way you can see that without quantifying it in any way, this is all just qualifying, is when he gets an offensive rebound in traffic – there's like three or four guys that descend on him around the bucket because the whole team, the other opposing team is all trying to defensive rebound, and so they're all gathering around the hoop, and Duran goes and gets it because he's a better leaper and a better rebounder than a lot of these dudes, and then they're all kind of like hovering over him, and as he goes up, a lot of guys in the NBA would try to like kind of finesse the ball with the, with the right or the left or whatever it is. They try to keep the elbows out a little, maybe draw a foul and lay it up off glass. So if they can get it off the glass, it would be goaltending if somebody touched it. Nope, not Duran. He explodes through all of these bodies and jams it, two-handed jam. And in that moment, you see defenders just falling over in each direction, just staggered backwards by how strong he is going up through them. 
These are big dudes. And they just fall to the wayside. Which is why, even though James Wiseman is still the starting center on this team, I'm just not worried about Duran's growth going forward. He is the better player, and he's just getting into the NBA. So I like Duran. Uh, he's putting up numbers even in like 23, 20-ish minutes. So the fact that he got 27 in this one made it pretty much a guarantee. And he's just a monster. He's a rebounding monster. He's a defensive monster, particularly with steals, more so than blocks. He can pass a little bit. And he's mostly just dunking. So field goal percent is going to be through the roof. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. That's the only rest of season ad because I think he got dropped in a lot of spots with the bilateral ankle soreness and then the Wiseman stuff. But he's just smashing people right now. Literally smashing them. Injury streams. I think I screwed something up on the YouTube by minimizing a window. My apologies if that went dark. Uh, Injury streams right now. Malik Monk is an injury stream for Sacramento, although we did just get news. It's not exactly, again, earth-shattering stuff, but Woj tweeted out about 15 minutes ago that uh, Kevin Herter's MRI returned clean on his right hamstring strain. He'll be day-to-day on his return I mean, hamstring stuff always takes a week, so I know they call it day-to-day, but he ain't playing in their next ball game. Especially when you consider the fact that the Kings are in the middle of a 5-7 of a and seven stretch right now, which I think they just finished out the first two of those, if I'm remembering how scheduling goes. Yeah, so they got a day off today, they play tomorrow, they're off on Sunday, then they got two more Monday, Tuesday, off for two days, and then another back-to-back. My best guess is we see Herder in at least maybe one of those Phoenix-Utah back-to-backs towards the middle end of next week, but maybe he surprises us and comes back sooner. I just, hamstrings are weird, and we've seen enough guys come back too early from hamstring stuff and re-aggravate it. And for the Kings, you know, I look, I know they're battling for their playoff spot, but they're not battling for their playoff entry. They're the two-seed in the West, And they're basically looking at the three seed right now as a worst case scenario uh, with everybody in the NBA that has whatever it is, like, you know, a dozen games left on the year. The Kings have 13 games left. You know, Kevin Herter missing, even if he missed all 13 of those, what, what do we think that actually changes for them? One win to a loss? There's no rush. So I don't think he'll be back as fast as the Woj treat is making it out to be, but we'll see. T.J. McConnell is the lightning streamer of the universe right now. We've seen how unbelievable he rolls when Tyrese Halliburton is out. 
for that you know two weeks or whatever it was earlier in the season. McConnell ran at a top 50 clip during that fill-in stretch, and he did it last night as well. Immediately came right out of the shoot with a double-double. Don't care that he's coming off the bench. He'll see the minutes for that Pacers team. Uh, you know, Philly will be a tough matchup tomorrow, but whatever. Like, they play super fast. It's great for fantasy stats. Halliburton was ruled out for at least three ball games. would be yesterday, tomorrow, and then Monday. My guess is he misses more than that. But, you know, I suppose we'll see. They're, they embark on a road trip on Monday, a four-gamer. Um, now, I think we get at least three, probably more like four or five games out of McConnell here. So, whatever you can do to go get TJ, you should be doing it. This one, I think, is a short-termer, but Bobby Port is filling in for Brooke Lopez. Lopez tweaked an ankle. The Bucks are uh, a very different team without Brooke Lopez. They lost on the... Uh, was that a home game to the Pacers? Yeah, they lost to the Pacers... They only have a two-game lead over the Celtics right now, um, so I don't think they intend to mess around all that much. The Sixers, by the way, are hard-charging in all of this, so don't write them off completely yet. So I think Brooke Lopez will play basically as soon as his body is able to, but if there's any little window there, then Portis makes sense as a, a short-term fill-in. I have mixed feelings on this next one. I put Josh Kogi on the injury stream board, even though I don't know that he is actually a top 100 guy while KD is out. He had a better game yesterday, and my hope is that that ball game, uh, I mean, he didn't shoot the ball all that well, but three steals and three blocks is a crazy number of defensive stats, and he made his free throws, and he sort of did a bunch of across-the-board stuff, and the minutes are there. So you figure with Okogi, you've got this like top 75 better-case scenario, and because of the minutes, you're you're looking at more like a 130, 140 worst case. So he probably, in the very worst, settles near the 110, 115 range, which is certainly startable on the uh, schedule side. Phoenix had a decent schedule to start this week. Now their schedule lightens up until the middle of next week. Um, and I think Okogi, uh, you know, I don't think we see Kevin Durant back. Honestly, I don't know that we see KD before the regular season's over, but even if we did, Okogi's got at least another week in the tank. Um, so he makes sense here, even if he's not a super exciting one, especially when you compare him to some of the other names on this injury stream board, like McConnell, super exciting. Portis, if he has another game, he's an exciting one. Tyus Jones, that's an obvious one. We're in our second week of that. John Morant will be back at some point, probably towards the end of next week, but you, know, you get whatever you can out of Tyus. Xavier Tillman, he's through the end of the regular season. I don't, like, we could probably just move him on to the rest of season board because the guys he's following are injured through the end of the regular season. But the reason Tillman has the role he has is because two guys on that team got hurt. Slow-mo, maybe the same story, although it sounds like Cat is trying to get himself ramped up to a t return in the next two weeks or so. Um, I think you still see a decent amount of slow-mo after that. He played himself into a critical role with that team, but it just won't be quite the same unfettered all the stuff that he has had that he's enjoyed for the better part of three and a half months. Kyrie is questionable for tonight. If he sits out, Jaden Hardy, Josh Green, I've been the obvious winners on Dallas. Luca's already been ruled out. Dante DiVincenzo for Andrew Wiggins. That's one that's been rolling for a little while. Nick Richards for Mark Williams. That's also one that's been rolling for a little bit. And for Charlotte, we already talked about it. Their schedule does improve uh, by the middle of next week. So that's it. The Charlotte stuff is an interesting one because I, 
you're going to have a lot of decent Hornets that are on the waiver wire in head-to-head formats because they've had this really bad schedule. You'd probably have to pick them up on Monday because I don't think, I don't even though it would be more f- fruitful to pick them up on Thursday of next week, I don't think they last that long. Just a little scheduling note. Emmanuel, quickly, while Jalen Brunson is out, although quickly he's actually been good, um, and New York's had a bad schedule this week, so again, grain of salt. If you want to pick up a Nick, you could do it tomorrow. They start a 4-6 and six starting on Saturday the 18th. Um, quickly is worth using, even if Brunson comes back in that good scheduling spot. On the Roto side is where I don't know that I would use him unless Brunson remains out. And then with Portland, another team that's had kind of a bad schedule lately, Theirs doesn't get better anytime soon, but Trendon Watford is a roto possible play uh, while Jeremy Grant remains out. So those are your your injury replacement guys. I know there are quite a few of them. I tried to move somewhat quickly there on the, the injury replacement side. Chopping block, only one name there, and I gave him all the time I could possibly think to give him. I, I don't know that anyone could ever accuse us of not being patient with the great DeAnthony Melton uh, but the Sixers have been healthy lately. But for James Harden taking uh, one game off and then Tobias Harris took whatever it was, one, did he get two games off or something like that? Melton has become now an injury play. Because when the team is healthy, he's top 150 at the moment. There's just not enough to go around. But when typically one guy is down, that gets Melton back inside the top 100. Now, if it's the right one guy, if it's Maxi or Harden, Melton could go top 60, top 70 for that one or two games or whatever it happens to be. If it's a front court guy out, you see Jalen McDaniels, who's been out the last couple of ballgames for Sixers, but when he's in, he picks up the bigger chunk, and that would, those scenarios probably move Melton more towards like a 100 to 120 range. But when you roll that all together, right now the, it's not worth it. The team is healthy enough to where it's kind of tipped the needle to the wrong side if that makes sense. The team is healthy more than they are unhealthy right now. If the needle ever flipped back the other way, you'd put Melton back on your board as a guy to use, and he probably falls into the injury play. But for the moment, that team is largely okay, uh, and so he's not worth playing for the moment. You guys know I love Melton, and overall in the season, his numbers are very good, all rolled together. But right now, it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of moment. Redhead, Roto, whatever. Roto, you're looking for all the maximum per-game value guys, or, frankly, stat hunting in Roto. And then on head-to-head, you want the guys with good schedules that are also putting up numbers. Now, Melton is in a good scheduling spot. So, you know, head-to-head-wise, maybe he actually does make more sense right now uh, because Philly has a back-to-back today, tomorrow, because they start a 6-in-9 stretch today. So... Melton is a roto chopping block, but maybe he's not a head-to-head chopping block. Ah, the nuance of having a fantasy podcast. It's very hard to discuss all these things in a tweet. Anywho, let's get to the holds, the next one on the board. James Wiseman is a hold, and I know you're like, Dan, why are you even bringing this up? Well, he's not really guaranteed hold in 9-cat. His fantasy game translates rather poorly to 9-cat, actually, because he's mostly points and rebounds. And a little bit of field goal percent. I don't think I did sell him too short on that. But he's not great defensively. He doesn't hit three-pointers. He doesn't pass. He turns it over, and his free-throw shooting is terrible. And you're like, Dan, you just told me to pick up Jalen Duran. Yeah, he's a better rebounder than Wiseman. 
He's better defensively than Wiseman. And the other stuff is relatively equivalent. But if you remove one or two of the negatives and the positives are roughly the same, you get a much more powerful fantasy asset. So that's why I like Duran for all formats, Wiseman for points leagues. Killian Hayes is also a points league kind of guy. And again, you're probably going to be like, Dan, you butthole. Why are you being so mean to Killian Hayes? Well, Jaden Ivey's back. He was supposed to be on a minutes limit, and he played 36 of them yesterday. But that just takes the ball out of Killian Hayes' hands. Killian had seven assists, which is down from the games without Ivy. He's good defensively. Hayes will get you some steals, typically. He had some blocks yesterday, but you can't rely on that. But he's basically just assists and steals. Both percentages are rough. Turnovers are high. Doesn't hit the three-pointer. There needs to be an elimination of one of those negatives or an add, an addition, of another positive. It's not enough for 9-cat to be good in two things unless you are, like, beyond hyper-elite in those two things. While at the same time, this is an important caveat, being a pretty good-sized negative in the others. YouTubers can see it. I put it on the board that these guys are points league options, but also punt builds. It means the same thing. If I say points league, it means points league or punt build. Because to be a points league favored kind of player just means that you're good in only a couple of categories and that can float you in points where the negatives don't pull you down the other direction in the way they do in nine cat Gary Trent Jr. Um, I said that I wouldn't necessarily hold him in roto I mean maybe I was being a bit of a dick on that front um, Gary Trent had a better ball game yesterday and that meant that slightly fewer minutes for Jakob Pertle uh and the rest of the bench really just didn't get to do almost anything at all. Uh, no precious Achua. That also probably helped Trent. But he scored 23 points. Shot 8 out of 12. He's been in a pretty good shooting funk. So maybe this is him busting out of it. So I think I like Trent in all formats right now. Because if this is the beginning of a heater, you want to be a part of it. And then for head-to-head, Toronto's in the middle of a good scheduling stretch this week anyway. So I don't think I need to convince you too much there. Uh, Delon Wright is a tough hold right now. I get it. He's had two very bad ball games in a row. The Wizards' schedule is good. This weekend, they play today, tomorrow, so they got two games uh, this weekend, and then they actually have a four-game week next week. So, to me, on the Roto side, if you want to bench him, I'm okay with that. Uh, but he was putting up top 100 or better numbers as a bench player before Monte Morris went down, and I feel like everybody forgot that. He was already rolling top 90. It was just that Monte going down pushed him into the starting lineup and he got to go top 50 for a couple of weeks there. That was fun, but we knew that wasn't going to last forever. Top 90 in in Roto, that plays. And top 90, or even a little bit worse, frankly, uh, top 125 with a good schedule plays on the head-to-head side. And that's basically what you're looking at now. Because starting today... Uh, Delon Wright has six games in the next 10 days, which is pretty good. Four games in the next six days, which is a little bit better, actually. So I know that's a tough one, but try to hang on. Trey Murphy is another hold. I don't know if this one's going to last forever, but he's hot right now, so see it through. I do think that at some point Brandon Ingram does so much that, I mean, we saw it before, Trey Murphy kind of fell off, but his confidence is swelling and his last two or three ball games, he's shot the ball better, and he's been willing to shoot the ball more. And maybe that's it. Maybe just having the confidence to be willing to take more of those shots is what it took. But hold on now. Don't pre-drop here. 
the way that, and that's something I think we all need to be very cognizant of. The pre-drop can get you in a lot of trouble. Um, I do think that there's a, a like a sixty to seventy percent chance that Murphy at some point tapers off here, but it hasn't happened yet, so you know, no reason to get out in front of it. Um, and then for New Orleans, you know, they've they've had kind of a bad schedule coming up to now. Their schedule is okay from a long stream, not even a long stream, but just like a long stretch perspective because they go every other day between today and uh, Saturday of next week. And then they have a back-to-back Monday, Tuesday of the following week if your playoffs go that far. But, of course, because of the way that the dates line up, that only gives them a three-game week next week. I actually think three games out of Trey Murphy is good enough and five over ten days is probably good enough to play Trey. Um, but it's borderline. So, I, you know, I wouldn't kill you if you went the other direction. And very quickly here, the watch list. Rodney Magruder is on the watch list. And the watch list is typically guys that I just sort of don't believe are going to be able to hold it together uh, long enough for us to trust them. But, you know, Magruder, if Detroit... What is Detroit's schedule? They're terrible next week, but it gets better again after that. Like, that might be a time to look at Magruder... Um, Aaron Neesmith uh, for the Pacers. He comes and goes, but their schedule gets better next week. So this is almost like a head-to-head play uh, <laughs> looking ahead type of board. Jordan Nawara also on the Pacers with a good schedule coming up. Uh, Karis Levert, who's been getting more playing time with Jared Allen out, but the Cavs schedule actually stays kind of bad. So, you know, he's one that I don't think I'm picking up regardless. Uh, but that's the watch list, and um, that is your week in review part of the show. But we still have more to cover. You guys know that in between the week in review and the playoff streaming part of the show, this is where I got to remind everybody of all the cool stuff we've got going on at Sports Ethos. The best way to find out about all of it is just to follow me over on Twitter at Dan Bespris. So if there are folks that are listening for the first time or watching on YouTube for the first time, please do find me on social media. D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. I've already told you at the beginning of the show um, about our YouTube page, but that's youtube.com slash sportsethos. I told you about our fantasy pass for just $5.99. Wanted to also quickly mention here that we are continuing to recruit. So if you've been watching these shows all year or even recently and you're like, you know what? I think I could be a fantasy analyst. You got to have some time, though. You got to be ready to grind. It's a long basketball season. And it takes a lot of work and a lot of hours. But hit me up, either in the YouTube chat or on Twitter, at Dan Bespris, and we'll discuss it. Uh, We're also continuing to look for folks that want to cover teams, not in a fantasy sense. If you've got a team that you are just hyper-passionate about and you want to start a podcast about them, hit me up. We can talk about that, too. We've launched about five or six shows in the last month, which is just crazy and awesome as Ethos continues to grow and I continue to see my heart swell with pride. As ethos grows. Anyway, let's talk schedule streams here. So uh, this is a t- this is where we need to really look ahead a little bit because we've talked about the weekend a few times already as kind of a look ahead. A lot of teams have two games over the weekend, and depending on when they settle, uh, you may get them in different points. I don't think that there is a single team that I would move on from today unless I had an abundance of weekly moves left. 
or someone got injured. But that's always the caveat. Because you guys know, and I'll say it on every single damn streaming show we do, when I make a move in long streaming in my fantasy playoffs, and this is, again, provided my playoffs continue into next week, whatever length of time I'm hoping to hold a particular player, I want to gain two games played over the length of that long stream. And so if you're just looking for the weekend alone, you can no longer do that. There are no teams in the NBA that right now have two more games than any other team over a three-day span. That would be two games versus zero. But every single team in the NBA plays at least one ball game between today, Friday, and the end of the weekend on Sunday. On top of that, the beginning of next week is a dumpster fire for front-loading your schedule. It's an awful little juncture here in long streaming. The Knicks have three games in four days to start next week, but they only have one game in three days to finish this week. So unless you don't need an extra game this weekend, that becomes a really difficult time team to pick up. Sacramento, similar story. They start next week with a back-to-back at Utah and then back home hosting Boston. What a hard way to end a road trip. They go four games on the road, four and six nights to end the road, and then come back from altitude to host the Celtics on a back-to-back. Woof, sorry, Kings, that's a tough one. But the Kings also only have one game this weekend. They're in Washington tomorrow. So the only way to front load next week right now is to not care that much about this weekend. Today, maybe is the note I should throw on the end of there. The only way for that to work is to not care about this weekend today. Now, there are ways where you suffer less making these types of moves tomorrow. Meaning, if you have a player that goes today that either doesn't have a game the rest of the weekend, such as, and you probably don't have that many of these players, but Charlotte, because they've had a terrible week. Cleveland, we talked about there in the midst of a one-game-in-five-day span. That one game, tonight. Dallas, they're off Saturday and Sunday over the weekend. Uh, The Knicks have one game tomorrow, but we're talking about teams that have one game today and then are off the rest of the weekend. So it's just those three as the YouTubers can watch me scrolling through to make sure I don't miss anybody. Charlotte, Cleveland, Dallas. They play tonight, Friday, and then they're off Saturday, Sunday. You probably don't have many Hornets on your team, and if you did, you probably aren't about to dump them for a player that also has one game the rest of the weekend tomorrow because it means you held them because you like them. The Mavericks are interesting, and the Cavs are interesting for this little cross-section of our discussion because Cleveland had a decent schedule. They had three and four games over the last four days, uh, start or tonight included. Um, they didn't play on Monday, but it's not the end of the world. And Dallas had three games in five days to start the week. So also, these are teams where you could have just had players on them, and you wouldn't really have thought that much about it because three games over five days to start the week effectively is pretty good, 60% of the days. And better than that for the Cavs if you started on Tuesday. So that means you hadn't abandoned ship on these teams already. If you wanted to abandon ship on Cleveland or Dallas after their game tonight and pick up a King or a Nick, that would be a way to gain one game this week, but also front load your schedule next week. 
So you'd be looking at a, effectively, I, if it's Sacramento, it would be a four-day ad where they have three games over four days uh, starting tomorrow. And hopefully if you were comparing that to, say, Dallas, they only have one game over that span. Cleveland also has one game over that span. You gain two games by making that move. Uh, if you were moving from a Cavalier or a Maverick to a New York Knick, you'd actually be looking for a six-day stream because the Knicks have four games over six days starting tomorrow. The Cavs have two. The Mavs have two. So in either of those directions you move, you do gain two games with your add or drop. But it's one game this week and one game next week. So that's where it gets a little bit goofy. You know, the Kings, you'd be adding a game on one of the first two days next week. The Knicks, you'd be adding a game on either the third or the fourth day next week, comparing them to Cleveland or Dallas. So yes, you still fit the best long stream criteria of adding two games in one move, but they're not coming this weekend. And the reason I bring that up is there are teams, a few of them that we talked about actually during the pre-show for folks that are watching live, Denver, uh, the Clippers, the Heat, the Magic, and the Raptors all have a weekend back-to-back Saturday, Sunday, tomorrow and Sunday. Now, those teams have bad schedules to start next week, not surprisingly, because a lot of times after a back-to-back or after a decent little schedule pocket, which is what Denver has, teams get a little bit of a breather. Sometimes, not all the time, but like after the weekend back-to-back, Denver goes into a two-game week. Yikes. Clippers, it's actually the start of a slightly better part of their schedule, but they go into a three-game week. Miami goes into a two-game week. Orlando goes into a three-game week. Toronto goes into a three-game week that's actually kind of back-loaded. So those moves, if you made them, like say, again, we're talking about Cleveland or Dallas right now, as the clubs that you might still have lingering, fringy players on that you maybe want to move on from, If you made a move to a weekend back-to-back, you would still add two games to your ledger, and they would both be this week, but you'd have to get the hell off of them first thing next week and sort of launch into a new long stream. Because just a two-day stream is not a long stream. So you got to have a bunch of moves, or you need to be locked in like the ultimate ultra-tight battle. Otherwise... And you guys understand that the ramifications of this, because as I just mentioned, the beginning of next week is not a great time for long streaming. But if you did pick up one of those teams with a weekend back to back, besides the Clippers, basically, who you could maybe make an argument, just kind of hang on to a little bit longer, like an Eric Gordon or whoever you might look at on that team as a, a fringy streamer, because their schedule's not complete disaster. You, I mean, you guys know. You want to try to hold moves until later in the week because it keeps you out of trouble. Orlando also is another team where you could maybe hold it a little bit into the week, but like Toronto, they're off for two days to start next week. Yikes. Miami, they're off for two days to start next week. That's a big yikes. Denver, same thing. These teams, they go into a Monday, Tuesday where they don't play. So those three clubs, if you end up picking them up for the weekend back-to-back, you probably have to use moves on Monday of next week to get off of the bad schedule because none of those teams plays more than once over the first four days next week. And you could turn that into three games in four days with a New York Nick. Or I guess if you wanted to go farther into this thing, um, 
You could try to look and see who goes four games in six days to start next week. And the answer to that question are the Pacers, uh, the 76ers, the Kings, and the Jazz. That's probably the direction I end up going if I have to pick up a weekend back-to-back because I don't want to have to use another move on that slot by the middle of next week. I would rather be able to hold that one basically through the week and in a worst-case scenario, do something with it on Sunday. So next week is a really hard one to long stream. There's always one week in the playoffs where you have to get a little bit funky, but you guys are all, you know what situation you're in. I can't tell you how tight your weekly battle is right at this moment in your playoff week. You know what you're fighting. Do you need the weekend back-to-back? Because if so, try to go Orlando or the Clippers. And if you can't, if you end up, God forbid, on uh, Denver, Miami, Toronto, the two teams that go into a really bad schedule next week, use some moves on Monday to get to one of those teams with a four in six. And we can talk about that a little bit more on Monday's show because, again, that's one where you're looking towards next week. But as far as this weekend goes, uh, Cleveland and Dallas are the two teams where, you know, they move into a worse schedule that weren't already in a terrible schedule. And those are the spots where you're probably moving on. If you don't need all of that, then obviously use your moves on Sunday to shore up whatever categories you need or to just shore up your next week. Because you could move to those four and six teams or the Knicks or whatever or the Kings if you have a boatload of moves uh, and set yourselves up for the following week. That's your long streaming discussion for today as well. And I think that actually brings us to the end of the recorded portion of our proceedings here. Uh, those that are watching live on YouTube will move into the Q&A part after the program. I hope that everybody listening on the recorded side will join us for a live show soon so you too can get your questions answered live on a YouTube show. Friends, 22 weeks in the books. Thank you all. Always. Please drop a five-star review if you've been enjoying it to my iTunes and Spotify and, and et cetera. Friends, I love you all the most. You've been with me for so long. Uh, but again, come join us live. I think you'll you'll end up having a good a good time with it. Hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Vespers, if you guys want to be a part of what we're doing over here at Sports Ethos. If you have any questions about the Fantasy Pass, whatever, I'm happy to answer them. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Reverse chronological lightning round and some more playoff streaming guide stuff on Monday. Later. Later.